This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, another Astros podcast. Welcome back to the Carbach Brewing Company pregame show. We're joined by hook starting pitcher Forrest Whitley. Forrest, thank you very much for the time. How does it feel getting the double-A debut in the books? Uh, I felt good. Uh, you know, I was I was had a relaxed mentality going out there. I uh, just wanted to go out there and, you know, pitch my game and see what happens. Now, you had a great start, or retired the first seven, uh, seven Ks in the first three frames. At, at what point did you realize, you know, I got this? Uh, it was after the second inning. Uh, things started to settle in a little bit. I uh, felt comfortable with all five of my pitches, and I was throwing them for strikes and balls when I needed to. And I was throwing effective balls, which is one of those things that, you know, when you're going into a game and you're throwing strikes but also throwing effective balls, it uh, just gives you a little bit extra confidence. So that was a real deal. Uh, command of all five of your pitches, utilize them well. It seemed like the changeup was working extremely well for you last night. Take us through the evolution of that pitch for you. Yeah, so uh, it kind of developed a little bit uh, before junior year. Uh, I didn't have a lot of confidence in throwing it, but, you know, I just practiced it, used it in games, and then I got some help uh, from a guy named Sean Cole. He was actually head of uh, USA Baseball at the time that I was playing for the 18 and under team. And... Uh, he helped me develop that pitch. He showed me a couple grips, showed me how to throw it, and, you know, the mentality going into the pitch. Uh, and then throughout the summer, I used the mentality you taught me and uh, ended up working out. A lot of folks talking about the 11 strikeout season high for you. Also innings, uh, season best for you as well, six frames. How are you holding up there in that final inning? Uh, you know, I felt good. I felt like I could have easily gone nine. You know, obviously the, the pitch count was getting up there, so, you know, the Astros are going to be pretty cognizant of that. And body's feeling as good as it ever it has ever felt. It feels exactly the same as it did in April. Um, so, you know, just really happy how, how everything's turning out. Well, you know, here you are at uh, 19 years old, uh, first full season in Double A. Are you surprised you've advanced this far in this short of time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like anyone at my age would be pretty surprised to you know get reach Double A in their first full season. But you know, uh, just shows the organization has a lot of confidence in me, and just just got to prove them right. Now, this time last year, just getting your feet wet in the pro ranks. Last June, uh, you you pitched Alamo Heights to the the final in the the five A state championship tournament. First time that Alamo Heights went to the state tournament. That must have been that must have made you feel pretty proud. Yeah, it was an unfor- unforgettable experience. You know, uh, every guy on that team, I'll be long lasting friends for for a very long time. A lot of those guys will be will be at my wedding. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was, that was truly an unforgettable experience I'll never forget, um, and especially doing it for that community. Uh, Alamo Heights, very special community to me, and, you know, all those people are very, very deep in my heart. So, you know, I was happy to make them happy. Speaking with Forrest Whitley, uh, you know, did you have a, an idea that the Astros might take you uh, in the draft? And, and when you found out, when you got the phone call, what, what were you feeling like? Yeah, I mean, they they're in the mix. There was about five teams in the mix. Um, Astros being kind of on the lower end of like the interest they were showing, um, but yeah, I mean it was in the middle of the middle of the state semi is when I found out I got drafted, uh, and it was like after the third inning or something. I was coming into the dugout, and uh, I saw my family. <laughs> That's nuts. I saw my family like up uh, up in a stadium like this, kind of up on the concourse, uh, you know, kind of hugging and celebrating. I was like, oh, something happened. <laughs> so I got in the dugout, sit down, you know, just acted like normal. 
Uh, and then one of my friends was like, I guess talking to my dad uh, through the dugout, and I saw the reaction on his face, and he immediately came down wow. to me and was like, hey, dude, you just got drafted by the Astros. And I was <laughs> like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, it took a little bit to sink in. You know, I was obviously concentrated at the game and then, you know, getting my team to the state finals. Um, but, you know, after it sunk in, like, it became, like, one of those per- you know, one of those sweetheart deals sure. where it's, like, Houston's the, the closest possible major league team to, to where I'm from. So, you know, it's, it's just – it was an unbelievable experience, and now it's just even better not knowing, like, how everything is going to work out. A lot of scrutiny for a first-round pick, and then you add in the mix of San Antonio Kid climbing up the Astros' ranks. How do you deal with that kind of pressure? I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a game, and that, that's what I continue continually tell myself. It's just, you know, same game no matter what the level, and, uh, you know, see, it's as simple as that. Just keep that mentality going up to the system, and, you know, eventually the big leagues, uh, same distance between the rubber and home plate, and, you know, just got to play the same game. Chatting with Forrest Whitley, you know, your first trip with the ball club, the longest one of the year, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Springfield, Missouri. How'd you fare after that 12-hour bus ride? I, I noticed that you're, you're quite a veteran when it comes to Bucky's. Look, look pretty strong in there. Yeah, uh, Bucky's. That's a, that's a that's a pretty familiar uh, place for me. It's a, there's one in between San Antonio and Austin. I make that trip pretty regularly, so uh, I knew what I was doing in there. <laughs> I knew what I was doing in there, so uh, you know, showed some of the guys the ropes. <laughs> looking forward to pitching back in Texas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, that's. No matter where you are in Texas, it kind of feels like you're at home if you're from there. So, uh, you know, I'll be really excited. Well, thank you very much for your time. Look forward to your uh, debut at Whataburger Field. Thank you for having me. And that's Forrest Willie, and this is the Carbock Brewing Company pregame show on News Radio 1360 KKTX. Join the Astros and go behind the scenes of Minute Maid Park through the Astros Ballpark Tours. Fans can check out areas such as the broadcast booths, press box, dugout, scoreboard, and more. Visit Astros.com slash tours book your tour today we're on to the bottom of the second no score between the Astros and A's as Yuli Gurriel will lead things off and pleased to be joined by a special guest spent 11 seasons pitching for the Houston Astros and was a part of that 97 Astros team that's being honored tonight Shane Reynolds good to see you thanks for having me appreciate it first pitch to Yuli is on the inside corner for a strike Shane I understand that you're starting to do a, a lot of the community work with this Astros team this year how fun is it to to reestablish some of those relationships with the with the fans right now I love going back uh, and doing as much as I can I've been away for a little bit but yeah. uh, now that we're back um, I, I've talked to them and, and I've been doing a good bit of stuff and, and I really enjoy that I really enjoy doing that type of stuff no matter what it is is getting back out because they were so good to us when we were there and, and, and times we were playing the one one misses high to Yuli so let's talk about this 97 season for a minute uh, three straight second place finishes under Terry Collins he gets let go Larry Durker takes over is the first pitch or the next pitch is outside three and one the Guriel and did you go into that 97 season kind of thinking hey this this should be our year because you guys had come so close the the previous three years well I, I think we did uh, you had guys like Biggio and Bagwell that were our leaders uh, that had been there for what five six seven years I mean it was just it was just that time they had to the Astros had to get players around those two guys which were the main focus um, that would help support them and you know uh, Durker helped us pitchers out I I can't even tell you how much he helped us out by just saying hey you're going out there and you're going to learn how to pitch and we're not coming to get you so figure it out didn't you love that as a starting pitcher you did Yuli Gurriel grounds out to third for the first out now it's Marwin Gonzalez but yeah that that had to be an advantage obviously a former pitcher like Dirk who is used to throwing a lot of innings and, and getting that mentality in the pitching staff that helped uh, myself uh, Chris Holt Hambone yep. uh, Jose Lima that we were all Darryl young Kyle. guys and yes I mean that's that's exactly what we needed was somebody to push us and 
and uh, and say, hey, don't look over your shoulder because I'm not coming out there. Figure it out. We mentioned last inning that Brent Strom, who's the Astros pitching coach now, was your pitching coach for a little while, and you showed up in Venezuela. Do you remember the, the question he asked you that, that kind of changed your your whole career? Yep, one, one, one thing. He watched me pitch two games. He'd come up to me before my pen and uh, that day, and he goes, hey, you want to pitch 10 years in the minors or one year in the big leagues? What'd you say? And it took me back, and of course I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to pitch in the big leagues. Yeah. He goes, well, let's do this. I owe that man everything. We're, uh, he, he is he is a, a father figure to me. He's my best friend. He completely changed my baseball career and my life. Wow. That winter in Venezuela. and. So what was the thing he wanted you to do to he change? Completely, he completely changed me. He completely changed from the ground up the way I held the ball, the way I threw the ball, the way my mechanics were, every single thing. For every other day, for 14 straight days. Sure. Oh. Two, one is a strike, um, and it's two and I two down to Marwin. I threw a bullpen. And Rick Sweet, which was the manager at that time. He would catch you? He would catch me because he was a, a catcher. catcher. Yeah, yep. he was a former catcher. And um, – Strami just showed me how to do certain things with three different type pitches. And it was the most unbelievable thing. I, I had to just go all in. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, I had to. I, I wasn't going anywhere two years in, two years in double-A. And you were, uh, were you struggling? Uh, not struggling, but about a, about a, like a just an average 10, guy. And 10, 10 and 10 guy with a four, five, five something on an average. Gotcha. 2-2 two, two is driven to center by Marwin. Backing up on it is... The center fielder who's there makes the catch. That's Powell, and there are two outs now. So you overhaul the mechanics. You shorten your, your repertoire, and the split-fingered fastball, he introduced you to that. I never had an out pitch. Yeah. Never in my career. I could always get two strikes on people, but I never could put them away. And this did it. And, and by pitching there and having that confidence, it, it's, it's like having a new toy <laughs> that, that works so perfectly, and you go out there and you've never done anything like this before in your life, and you're throwing pitches, and they're not hitting, and you're getting them out, and you're – you're pitching six, seven, eight, nine innings every time, and you're going, what in the world is going on? I mean, if he called me tomorrow and whatever he asked, then I, I would probably give it to him or, or do whatever I possibly you, could. You, you owe him that I much. I owe Stromy that much, That's yes. awesome. The 0-1 is on the outside corner to Beltron, and nothing in two. Did you get a chance to say hi to Stromy before oh, the I game did. tonight? I did. And, uh, you know, his philosophy and the way he does things, if, if these, especially the young ones, if, they, if, if they'll listen and take hold, you know, he, he – he, he teaches how to get people out. And I think that's something that this generation, Sparky, you know, something that this generation, as far as I'm concerned, they don't necessarily know how to do. They, they, they complicate it. You're exactly right because yeah. it's all about velocity and, and throwing hard instead of how do I get this guy out. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you throw 95. That's awesome if you do. It's better. Yeah. But, but once, just, they, once they've seen it once or twice, they've got you time. Exactly. So you gotta you got to know how to pitch them and how to get them out and what to do when. Feeble swing on the slider by Beltron to strike out, and it's a 1-2-3 inning for Kendall Graveman. Shane Reynolds, former Astros pitcher for 11 years, part of the 97 National League Championship team, being honored tonight. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. Always good to see you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, back to Minute Maid Park. No score with the A's and the Astros. As the Astros or the A's will send up Jed Lowry, Chris Davis, and Ryan Healy, Steve Sparks, Robert Ford, and Producer, engineer, Matt Bolton. We're pleased to have Larry Durker in the booth with us tonight. Larry, you're no stranger to the booth whatsoever, are you? No. I've, actually, I spent more time in the booth than I did. Did you really? Uh, in the dugout. Well, if you add the 13 years playing 
and five years managing, you come up to the 18 years in the broadcast booth. Wow. How about that? That's awesome. What was it like pitching as an 18-year-old just a week out of high school at the big league level? It was really fun. I can't Did you know what you were doing? It was, you know, my I I didn't have any arm troubles. I didn't have. I wasn't on a team that was expected to win a championship. Uh, so not a lot of know, pressure. I, I was, you know, <laughs> it was like any kid's dream come true. There wasn't much pressure. Yeah. As Lowry fists one into shallow center field for a leadoff base hit for the A's here in the fourth inning. Chris Davis will be the batter. So. You had been in the broadcast booth. You were tapped to manage the Astros in 1997. They had finished in second place the previous three years. As a broadcaster during those second-place finishes, What were was there anything you thought the team was lacking that you thought you might be able to bring in 97? Well, the thing that was obviously lacking was uh, was pitching. We were around the middle of the league in, in, in pitching, and we were playing in the Dome, and you should be better than that. Uh-huh. Uh, so when I talked to Jerry Hunsaker about winter plans it was how are we going to improve our pitching and the, the answer was the only way we're going to improve our pitching was with the guys we already got as a line drive caught by Colin McHugh throw to first base to double off Jed Lowry for a quick double play here in the fourth two down you guys need to get me up here more often I was on TV <laughs> for an inning. The, inning, the whole inning only lasted about 10 minutes is the, that right these guys are pitching to contact what are they doing <laughs> will you uh go on this next road trip with us <laughs> yeah. that's when we like quick games I know. uh well Dirk one of the things you did is is you made your pitchers better and you gave them a little uh freedom to pitch later in the ball games well I tried to I tried to push them to go deeper because my my feeling was that we, we weren't that deep. Our middle relief wasn't that good. I'm not going to name any names, but sure. I said, if you name hand one. the ball to Billy Wagner, <laughs> chances are you're going to win. Right. If you hand it off to somebody else in the sixth inning, if you've got a lead, chances are you're going to get a no decision. So you're talking so, about Mike McNante, aren't you? Well, actually, uh, <laughs> I tricked everybody with Mike at the beginning because he was a left-handed screwball pitcher. That's right. So and I, got ke- I kept bringing him in. Uh, to, to face left-handed hitters, and the other managers kept bringing in right-handed hitters. They, they pitched him with right-handed hitters against him because he was left-handed. That's you know, hilarious. They were just going left, right, left, right. And he was a screwball pitcher. So uh, about halfway through the season, they figured that out. They stopped <laughs> doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, a no-ball, two-strike count to Ryan Healy, the DH. He's 0-for-1 so far. McHugh delivers, and it's a ground ball base hit against the shift. That's the second hit he's gotten in the last two days against the shift. Yep. So an 0-2 pitch thrown away from Healy just stuck out his bat, Dirk. And well, one thing about the, the shifts, you know, I, I've come to, to think that the shifts are probably getting more outs than they're, they're, than they're giving. Yep. Sure. You know, in the old days, that would have been an out. But I, yeah, uh, I was skeptical at first, too. But you watch this on a daily basis. And it's, you it, keep it watching it, and, and you, I, I feel like, generally speaking, it, it's good. But it, I know it would change the way I pitch. There are certain pitches I wouldn't throw. Right with a shift, and that last one was one of them. Yeah. I wouldn't throw a fastball out over the plate to a guy with a two-strike count that's just trying to make contact with, the, with a second baseman on the shortstop side. Exactly. So as a pitcher, I know some pitchers are really big about moving their fielders between batters and stuff. How much did you do that when you were pitching? I didn't hardly do that at all. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't move them too much when I was a manager either. I, I wasn't uh, – I had spray charts, you know, and, and so we had – an overall idea where we wanted our fielders to play against different hitters. Uh, and it changed some depending on who the pitcher was, whether right. it was a power pitcher or a finesse pitcher. Right. But I kind of felt like I could try for a ground ball or a fly ball 
Yeah, but and maybe I could try for a ground ball that was pulled, but I didn't think I could throw a ground ball to the opposite field on purpose. It's hard to do. So I, I wasn't always sure that I, you know, that I could move fielders. I, I wasn't sure that I could be that precise. Right. I remember reading the George Will uh, book Min- about Larusa. Minute the way work. He moved fielders. Yeah, minute work. There's a ground ball single through the shift that time, Dirk, through the right side, putting runners on first and second yeah. base hit by Matt Olson. Hit it hard enough, you get a better chance. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But uh, I remember reading that book and thinking. Does George Real really believe this, or does Tony Larusa really believe this? About and he moving was talking fielders. about moving fielders three feet yeah. from one pitch to another, depending on the count. And I'm thinking, if I'm pitching, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that good to, to. It's a common misconception to think that you can throw the ball exactly where you want every time, right? Oh yeah, yeah, especially yeah. the glove side. I mean, more and more now with the, the hitters. I, I think the hitters are better now than than they were when I played in probably have ever been generally especially toward the end of the lineup but yeah uh still most of the home runs are hit on mistakes right throw the ball low and away they don't hit very many home runs they don't drive it at least do they here's the first pitch to matt chapman it's taken outside for ball one runners on first and second for oakland two outs in a scoreless ball game we're in the top of the fourth talking to an icon in this astros organization he's done it all larry durker and the 1-0 pitch from McHugh is thrown right by him, 1-1. One one. So, I, mean, I like this guy. I, I, I'm really glad they got him back. Yeah. McHugh? Um, I, I like him because I've seen him many, many times give up two or three or four runs early in the game and, and stay, and he's still in there and pitches seven. You know, a lot of guys cave. They do. Uh, this guy doesn't cave. Here comes the 1-1 pitch from McHugh, and this one's in on the hands, popped to right center. Over across is Reddick, and he's going to put it away for the third out of the inning. So good job by staying there for Colin McHugh. Got there in a go. little bit of trouble. <laughs> Dirk's always great to see you. Thanks yeah, for, good thanks to see for you stopping guys. by. Yeah, right. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network.